Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we're on episode 112, Obedience is Better Than Sacrifice. That phrase may sound familiar to you, but do you know the story? You know, there are so many different places in the Bible where it's part of our culture for us to drop the name of Jezebel or to talk about the golden rule or obedience is better than sacrifice. Phrases, people's names, bits of stories that are part of at least American culture, but you may not know the story surrounding it. That's what we're going to talk about today. Not only are we going to talk about the story surrounding it, we're going to talk about how we can apply it to our own lives. Each and every week as I jump on this podcast platform, I want more than anything to point you to Christ. I want to point you to Christ as your Savior, and I want you to follow Him on a daily basis, as the Lord of your life. And obedience is key. Not obedience to win salvation, because that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Even though there are many people across the world who believe their good deeds are what? is going to earn them heaven. That is absolutely not what the Bible says. If you have any questions about that or anything else, you can write me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com and I will be more than happy to share with you what God's Word says about salvation. But we obey not in order to earn salvation, but we obey because we love Christ. We've been talking about King Saul, the very first king of Israel, and we've talked about Samuel the prophet. Samuel the prophet, we're getting to the end of his time, and he was a godly man. Was he a perfect man? Absolutely not. But he was a godly man. He was willing to stand up in front of the people of Israel toward the end of his time in leadership and just say, is there anything that I've done to you? Is there anything that I need to make right? He could stand in front of them as a man of integrity with clean hands and a pure heart. King Saul is not that way. King Saul... As we talked about last week, he can cause me whiplash because he just, his mental instability and his lack of wisdom with making decisions in his personal life, as we're going to find out for the next few months, as well as in leadership decisions for the people of Israel. I mean, he was all over the map just in our lesson for last week. And this week we're going to talk about obedience is better than sacrifice. 
And we're going to see Saul do something that we are tempted to do as well. And that is to know what God's standard is, but to try to give him what we want to give him. You know, God should just accept our plan and just bless it, right? That's not how it works. Number one, he's God. He has all wisdom. And for him to just look at us and say, yeah, I think you've got a better idea than I did. Let's just go with that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But Saul seems to think it does, but we do too. How many times have people tried to put in a little extra in the offering plate to make up for the deeds that they have done that would not honor God? How many times have they tried to be nice to one person because they've been absolutely horrid to another? How many times have you, forget about they, how many times have you Try to bargain with God and say, well, God, no, I'm not going to go witness to my neighbor. I'm not going to tell him about the love of Jesus because they may reject me. But I will. I'll buy a book and give it to a little child. How many times are you tempted to try to come up with a way that you can bargain with God And not do what his word says. But you will do what you are willing to do and just hope that that's enough. I came upon this very short little story in preparation for this lesson. And we're going to start out with it. A businessman, well known for his ruthlessness, once announced to the writer Mark Twain, Before I die... I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I will climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments aloud at the top. And in perfect Mark Twain wittiness, he says, I have a better idea. You could stay in Boston and keep them. It could cause a chuckle. But how often do we come up with plans that we think somehow or another will make up for our disobedience. We learn today, as we look at this story from the life of King Saul, we see God's not pleased. When God tells us to do something, And he's very direct with, I want you to go do this in this manner. He's not expecting us to do what they say in football terms to audible. Like we don't need to audible in the Christian life. In other words, we don't need to change the play because we see that the lay of the land looks different. God knows the lay of the land. He not only knows it now, he knows what it's going to be. He knows every possible way that the enemy is going to set up. And he's not going to give us instructions that are wrong. I'm not going to say that he's not going to give us instructions that are not difficult. But he's not going to give us the wrong instructions.
So 1 Samuel 15, reading from the NLT primarily, even though we are going to look at the ESV here in a moment. One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. And we're not going to get into that background. You can go back in there and do some research. But God, at times, chooses to punish a nation. Sometimes he chooses to punish an individual. At this point, he is going to use Saul, who is not even where he needs to be with the Lord. But God is going to use him to punish Amalek. Some people have in their minds that if God uses them in some way, it must mean that they are in a good place with God. No, God uses evil enemy nations at times to get the attention of others. God will use anything and anyone to accomplish his purpose. So don't get on your high horse and think that he is so pleased with you because something good happens and it seems that he's blessing through you. He used Saul. As confused as Saul was, God used him and the nation of Israel to punish Amalek. Now go and completely destroy. So that's the phrase that is in the NLT. In the ESV, the phrase is devote to destruction. And with both of them, there is a footnote that explains the Hebrew term used here refers to complete consecration of things or people to the Lord, either by destroying them or by giving them as an offering. And the ESV footnote is very similar. That is, set apart or devote as offering to the Lord for destruction. Saul didn't misunderstand this. He knew exactly what he was told to do. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalek nation, men, women, children, babies, Cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Whoops. I read that awfully quick, didn't I? Yeah, it did say children and babies. Those are words that are really hard for us to hear. When we hear that a nation is evil, we're like, yeah, we understand why God would destroy them. But then when God says to destroy all of them, including those who have not chosen evil. They haven't even had a chance. That's really hard. That's really hard. But God knew that if they did not destroy everything from that nation, that there would be some remnant, some seed that would continue to destroy those were the instructions. So Saul mobilized his army at Telem. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to the town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. 
Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite, I just keep having a hard time with that word, Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the goats and the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything in fact that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Sounds just like what God told them to do, right? Not even close. Not even close. When God gave his instructions to Saul, he did not say, destroy only the bad things, the things that you consider worthless and keep everything else. God said completely destroy or to mark for destruction. And yet Saul and his men spared the king's life, kept the best of the livestock. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. What story do you think Saul's going to give for this? Because you can be sure that the sin is going to find him out. You can be sure that the sin in your life is going to find you out. You know, sometimes people think that if they sin in darkness, somehow or another God's not going to know. Like, just craziness. The things that we do. As I was preparing the other day, I started thinking about the whole idea of make sure your sin will find you out. And we're going to see very soon that Saul's sin does find him out. Numbers 32, 23 says, But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. We're going to see that idea from God's word play out right now with King Saul. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Let's just stop there for just a moment. It is so easy when we have stories like this to just burst through verses like this one to get to obedience is better than sacrifice, which is our main point. But I want you to let these words sink in. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Does this mean that God did not know what Saul was going to do ahead of time? No, he knew. He knew. But that does not mean that God's heart did not hurt for the choices that Saul made and the Israelites made. But look at the heart of Samuel. So if we compare and contrast Saul and Samuel in this text, You've got Saul who has this opportunity to do great things for God, for God to use him in mighty ways. 
and he continues to either make wild decisions or in this case to just either do what he thought was best or do what his selfishness wanted because he kept everything that seemed good to him. But it's that next phrase, the heart of Samuel. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Does that not hurt your heart? That Samuel, this man of God, was so hurt by the choices of Saul and the pain that this caused God that Samuel cried out to God all night long. Does your heart hurt for things that hurt God's heart? May at least part of the application from these verses be that you and I seek God's heart and in the midst allow our hearts to be touched and even broken for the things that breaks that break God's heart. Wow. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. You know, we could have done a podcast on each of these verses. Do you realize that? Didn't choose to do it this time. Who knows? 15 years from now, if I'm still behind this microphone, you never know. I may go through this all verse by verse. Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. I just, I'm not sure I have words for that. <laughs> like, Saul, what in the world are you doing? I mean, we know this happens. We've seen it in in other countries where an evil leader will set up a monument to himself. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen people in the United States that have not necessarily set up a monument to themselves, but pretty much. But Saul is so focused on himself and what he has done and taking care of himself and God is done when Samuel finally found him Saul greeted him cheerfully may the Lord bless you he said I have carried out the Lord's command well at that moment I wouldn't have been surprised to see a lightning bolt come and wipe out Saul, would you? God still is merciful, but God is not playing. Check out Samuel. It says, then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded. 
uh, you can bet Saul was just kind of going. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. The Lord your God? That's how it is in, in both of these translations. Hmm, how interesting. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And we will go further into Saul's response to God's rejection in next week's podcast. But let's camp for a few minutes. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than, the off than offering the fat of rams. Or let's just add a few other lines. Submission is better than offering something less than a full obedience to God and expecting that he's going to be pleased. You know, when we think about human relationships, if you have someone that you are under their authority. Let's just say a teacher and a child relationship. I'll try to flash back. It's been a long time. But I'll try to flash back to when I was a child. So I'll think of my first grade teacher. And if she told me to walk up to the board and to draw a 5 plus 5 equals... And I go up to the board, and instead of putting 5 plus 5 equals, I draw a 3, I draw a 7, I draw a 10, I put an equals, I put a plus, I put a 15, I put a 35, I put, haven't I done much more than she's asked me to do? 
well, no, I haven't done what she told me to do. I may have written more. I may have wasted more chalk. I may have thought it looked better. But I did not obey. In what ways in your life, currently, are you trying to get around writing your 5 plus 5 equals? What has God specifically told you? Well, I don't know what he specifically told you, but there are many things in God's word that they're yours. <laughs> you know that one about love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. How are you doing with that one? How about love your neighbor as yourself? Are you trying to love so-and-so deeply? But you hate another. You'll be really, really kind to people who are kind to you. But to those who have hurt you, forgiveness is not an option. You're not going to write your 5 plus 5 equals. You'll get some pretty pink chalk and make you a pretty 7, pretty 3. Let's grab some blue. Uh, let's write a 10. Teacher will be pleased, right? It looks so much better than what she told you to do. Not in her eyes. Because she wanted 5 plus 5 equals. Your weekly assignment. Prayerfully identify an area of your life where you've been trying to bargain with God instead of fully obeying. What is that area that God is just really bearing down on your heart right at this very moment? Only you know, you and God. What is that area? Your Sunday school teacher may not know. Your closest loved ones may not know. Your colleagues may not know. Everybody may think that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. But you and God know that's not the case. Do you want to be like Saul? And in some way, at some time, the bleeding of 
your sins will be heard by others or in this case something that I'd never noticed looking at this before and I've taught through this before but I never noticed do you realize that God revealed Saul's sin personally to Samuel we're going to see the same thing with the prophet Nathan and David in, it'll be a while, but in a future lesson. Does that not, like, cause your stomach to squirm? What if God were to reveal your deepest secret, that dirty place, in your heart to someone else before he exposed you I don't know about you but that's some scary stuff but if if you have chosen to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be thankful that God will find you out. Be thankful that he will not let you buy with sin in your life. Be thankful that there is no place that you can go that his spirit is not. Be thankful that he loves you enough to grab hold of you, to point out your sin and point you to the right path. I'm going to pray over us as we close out this week. Dear God, as hard as it is to read about Saul and his repeated disobedience to you, dear God, it's so tempting for us to look at this and just want to wag our finger and go, Saul, 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 don't you know better? But dear God, we have that streak of Saul in our own lives. Maybe even today. You have prompted us to do something and we either ignored your voice or we tried to do something different that we hoped would get you off our trail. Or maybe you told us to give up something and instead we're trying to hold it behind our back and just hope that you move on to something else move on to someone else dear God I pray dear God that you will not let us buy with any sin in our life dear God none of us would ever want to hear the words, I am sorry that I ever made 
may it not be so. Dear God, may we choose today to wholeheartedly obey you. And instead of trying to make a sacrifice to get us away from having to obey, may dear God, we have the courage to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is our reasonable act of service. Dear God, I thank you so much for what you are doing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I'd very much appreciate it if you would jump onto whichever podcast platform that you are listening to and rate this podcast. I'm not going to tell you how to rate it. That is totally up to you. But rate it and share it with others. Share it with others You need to be walking closer to the Lord. If you have somebody that's outside of the continental United States, maybe you are outside of the continental United States, I would love for you to share this. God is really working in my heart when it comes to those that do not have a gospel witness around them. And you have the opportunity, this is free of charge, and you have the opportunity to share this with others and just see what God might do through your obedience. We also have our online Bible study course, Finding Courage for Life's Battles, Life Lessons from the Book of Joshua. That information is in the show notes. Uh, You can email me, as I mentioned earlier, at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. And it is especially fitting today, even though we say this each and every week. Remember, it's always, what? It's always a trust and obey kind of day.